Welcome to the Copilot Connection, Episode 6. We're here to share with you all the news, insights and capabilities of the Microsoft Copilot ecosystem from across the entire Microsoft stack. I'm Zoe Wilson and I'm an exec at Avenard in our modern work business. I'm also an MVP and a regional director. And I'm Kevin McDonnell, an MVP, a Viva Explorer and a solutions architect at Avenard. We're going to be releasing episodes as podcasts and also up on YouTube. And we'll have insights from experts from across the community, from Microsoft, all about all the different areas of Copilot, the impact they can make to you and your organization, what you need to do to prepare for them or to start implementing now, and even how you can extend them. So on this episode, Kevin's going to share with us all of the highlights from uh, the European SharePoint conference in Amsterdam. And we've got some interviews whoa, whoa, whoa. of some of the... What? Sorry, sorry. It's ESPC now. They've rebranded. It's not oh. just about SharePoint. It's all sorts <laughs> of things. So we, we, we know yeah, naming it's a common thing with Microsoft, but others <laughs> as well. Yeah, okay. So, e so ESPC, uh, we've got interviews from some of the community members there. But um, before we do that, we wanted to get into some of the latest news. And actually, we've got a, a well, I thought it was interesting. We've got an interesting story to share just to demonstrate how um, AI has improved and advanced over the last year. Yeah. So and, and um, seen, it, people have seen this coming through uh, from a lot of pictures that I think Jack, uh, is it Robotham? Ro Robotham uh, started with there this trend of kind of creating the Pixar-like images. Uh, I know you've managed to do one and... I'm a little bit upset that it's a bit prejudiced and doesn't seem to um, cater for bald people uh, particularly well. <laughs> yeah, you're not the, you're not the first man to say that to me, Kevin. I know a few people who've tried to actually get the hair of their designer avatar to actually look like them, and they've struggled a little bit. It was interesting for me because I was when I was creating mine and I was putting asking it to give me blonde hair. It defaulted to really kind of short. Uh, chin length hair when I tried putting shoulder length it was still giving me really short like bobbed hair and it wasn't until I mm. said long blonde hair that I got anything that was actually like my own length yeah absolutely but it's it's mm. certainly taken a jump on hasn't it and in the quality I know it's moved on to Dali 3 relatively recently in designer I, I think you noticed a, a change when you looked at some of your memories recently yeah, so so it was it was literally just over a year ago since I first got access to Microsoft Designer, and um, one of the one of the prompts that I put in to create an image was a cat speaking at a conference. And over the course of the last year, I've frequently gone into different image generation tools and I've used the same prompt. And you can see the picture on the left here where it says one year ago, that is what a uh, designer gave me this time last year. And then the other cats, that those are the ones that I asked it to generate this week when that memory popped up and I actually wanted to see how it had advanced. So, so for those listening in, we'll we'll tweet this picture out on the Copilot connection. You you can see the old one has a a, a kind of battle scarred face, you know. And I think we saw quite the, a few times with Dali too that the faces were a challenge. But it looks like for cats either uh, as well. It, it, it's almost like someone's had some really bad taxidermy uh, of a cat that they've created there. Whereas the kind of newer one, it's it put the cat in the right position in front of the uh, the microphone. It's got a nice collar and tie on there. Um, it really looks like a cat. You know, I, I could easily have imagined that being a cat, apart from the fact it's standing up at a conference as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks a little bit like an airbrushed cat, doesn't it? When you look when you look closely at the images True. on the right hand side, but um, the the difference for 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 a year is just phenomenal. Yeah, and and was it? I, I, you haven't put the picture there, but I think you shared with me another one that was interesting, where the whole front row of the conference was all men as well, which uh, comes to some of the biases that we see in AI uh, still. Yeah. So, so that I think that was actually Sarah Fenner who um, put the prompts in right. uh, because she was testing it on her side, and she she got a slightly different angle where there was a cat on stage and the microphone at the front, and I think the angle looks as if it was looking over the shoulder, and the whole audience was just full of men. So, um, yeah. great improvements in terms of how it renders cats. Little way to go in terms of diversity and inclusion. Which, you know, I, I, it's fair to say we all have a little way to go when it comes to that in conferences, uh, certainly tech conferences anyway. Mm. So so I know we're going to talk about ESPC shortly, but from a diversity perspective, um, I know we talked about Ignite a little bit from a diversity perspective on the last episode, didn't we? What, what, was, what was it like at ESPC? It's, it's interesting. I, I didn't think it was much better than previous years, uh, my, my initial reaction, but um, there, there were some great groups. They they have a diversity lunch there, and uh, I know some of the, the women I've met from previous ones, they, they organised a kind of women in IT get-together, and, and they often tend to kind of group together, and they, they met up quite a few times, and, and chatting to them at one of the points they felt that actually it was more positive that there were there were more women there than previously and uh certainly there was more increasing diversity uh sort of racial and ethnic diversity as well and there definitely still a long way to go but in improving i think espc has done a good job at making sure that the the diversity of those speaking um is improved and it's just how we how we increase that and see that filter down to the attendees a bit more as well yeah, and I, I think that's a really important first step, making sure that the the people who are organising and speaking are, are more diverse and, and representative, and the 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 diversity will will follow. What one uh, we're di digressing a little bit for a co-pilot podcast, but <laughs> one of the one of the things well, that I've been thinking about since Ignite was, um, you know, how how do we put the right um, how, how do we put the right challenges into organisations to make sure that when they're sending people to conferences they're actually sending diverse representation as yeah. well and 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 not yeah. just um the the white men yeah absolutely and and i think also what why are we talking this now because it's that bias in ai that feeds into copilot we need to be very aware of this we need to be getting better ourselves because all, all these large language models are learning from what is being created out there and that's why we need to to be better at it really um but shall we carry on with some of the news? Yep, sounds like a plan. Fantastic. So let's bring up there. In fact, let's bring that up full screen on there. Uh, so I know we talked about the the kind of Ignite book of news, and we mentioned the Microsoft Copilot for service um, on there. But now there was there were some more announcements and details on that as well. I don't know if you want to cover that. Yeah, so um, I mean, you can see it in that banner at the top of the page um, as you're scrolling. So for those of you who are listening, on uh, December the 1st, Microsoft announced that the Microsoft Copilot service is now available in public preview. Uh, there's a link on this blog, which we'll put in the show notes, that you can follow to uh, sign up to get started. And the um, 
so so copilot for service to me is really interesting because you've got on the one side of it copilot for dynamics 365 but copilot for service also includes microsoft 365 copilot and copilot studio and those integrations into other service platforms like salesforce yeah. and ServiceNow and zendesk um and i think from from that customer service perspective this is just uh this is just going to be completely transformational for that agent experience yeah absolutely and and i think you know we've been viva, sorry we are viva explorers and we've been in that for a while we've had that world of viva sales that's kind of across everything this is another example of that this isn't within dynamics this is a layer above that that, that includes that microsoft 365 but it's going to be bringing all the different services and ai powering across those uh, as well so really really interested to see how this this comes together and and loads on there and and obviously because you have that microsoft 365 uh sorry copilot for microsoft 365 i'm gonna get the naming right in my head one day um that also enables you with the microsoft copilot studio so you've got that ability to extend it um and and build your custom connectors in with that included in that pricing as well so it's it's bringing a few things together it's probably yeah I to say it's complicating licensing to a certain degree but I, I think by bringing these buckets together is is a nicer way of doing it though yeah and one of the things that's really inter interesting for me that i'm not sure people have properly given consideration to yet is the fact that because copilot for service includes copilot for microsoft 365 it means that a, a really important part of enabling that for an enterprise organization has to be that focus on modern work as well. Whereas when we look at Dynamics mm. customer service, that's very much focused on that biz apps world. So this is this is a prime example of how the, the, the lines between the different technology areas are starting to become more and more blurred as we, we go on this co-pilot journey. And, and technology and also that perspective. I think dynamics, we've been looking at that kind of customer uh, experience. If you're looking at Copilot from Microsoft 365, it's that employee experience. Here's that bringing together. And I'm absolutely stealing what you were talking about with me yesterday uh, on that one. So I'm, I'm definitely going to give you that credit. But it's it's bringing that AI powered to connect those two things together, which ultimately will improve the customer experience as well. Yeah, 100%. So talking uh, about employee experience, there was also more in the news that came out around the, the Viva Glint and Copilot. So using that ability to go out with Glint, ask those questions of people. Glint is one of the Viva elements that can go out and is... Um, I've got to get this right where I'm thinking of Pulse. Uh, Glint is that enterprise scale going out to everyone and uh, asking those questions, understanding what that kind of underlying feeling around the uh, the organization is, that satisfaction, how engaged they're feeling and bringing those results back. But with that power of Copilot, being able to kind of ask questions of those responses, not just see those canned data that's coming through, not spending hours and hours of going through that and trying to interpret what these different numbers mean and and, and what the, the changes in those numbers mean. You've got that ability for that natural language to go through and you've got those uh, suggested prompts such as summarize all the comments from the survey, um, but you can build up your own prompts as well. So that will bring you not just the 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 kind of 
the flagging of the, those numbers. So the rating, I think it's one to 10, isn't it, on Glint, or you, you can change those, but also the comments that people are going, you know, what are they actually saying versus what do the numbers come through as well? Yeah, and I just on, on this blog, again, we'll put the link in the show notes, but there's a, a Microsoft Mechanics video that actually shows this in, in action in a, a little bit more detail mm. as well for anyone who's interested in it. Yeah, and I know from my previous organization, they were using Glint. One of the interesting things was how do we digest those comments? What I will be intrigued by and one of the challenges they have was uh, the, I think it was the sentiment analytics that were built into the previous Glint before it was Viva, didn't really handle sarcasm very well. So be interesting to see if Copilot <laughs> has been trained on cynical British uh, people and has that level of sarcasm uh, ad adjustment within there as well. That, that would be certainly interesting to see. Yeah, that that's that's a really interesting thought. I'm I'm not sure how many countries that's such a big problem in, but certainly for those of us <laughs> in the UK, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, it it really wasn't. It it kind of came out with much more negative views than people were saying. Uh, I think the example we we just moved to a nine day fortnight, uh, and a lot of people go, "Yeah, I really hate the nine day fortnight" in a very sarcastic way. But the sentiment analytics was putting that as a very negative uh, perception on there, which was challenging what people were saying <laughs> in the pure numbers. So, uh, yeah, the the fun and games with that. Um, very quickly, there was one more article from um, Jared Spatero. He has his newsletter that is well worth um, following. Again, we'll put that into the show notes. But he's talking about the uh, AI at work from this. And I, I think, Zoe, there was a couple of bits you particularly wanted to pick up on here. Yeah, so so there's a section in here where um where he's talking about uh the time and uh, if you just keep going, um I, I like the way that he talks about the challenges that um there we go that the challenges that leaders will have within an organisation. The first, I think, is where we're spending a lot of our time at the moment, which is helping people understand how to adopt tools like Copilot so that the organisation mm. can reap the benefits, but actually to be able to realize the potential value of Copilot, we also need to help people understand how to use that time because if they're freeing up a few hours a week and they're spending that doing admin work or other low impact work, then that return on investment is not really going to be realized properly. But actually, if we can help them understand how to invest that time in things that really move the needle, um, that, that's where we'll start to get really significant ROI. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, for me, I'd say also allowing that extra time to allow people to focus and not being distracted by filling in bits of paperwork and, and other areas to be able to get things done properly without those myriad messages coming through at the same time um, that I'm trying to ignore right now popping up um, from there as well. And I, and I know I, I can see this article, it's talking about um, Bill Gates, he he mentions that he's gone beyond that four day week. He's talking about a, a future where we have three day weeks uh, on there. Uh, I think you and I would very much appreciate that happening sooner rather than later. One hundred percent. So, um, should we come back to ESPC? I'm looking at the time. We're probably going to crack into the these videos, um, and and play these back. So. 
I, I, it was great ESPC. Um, what I love about that, I know, Zoe, you were lucky enough to go over to Seattle and see everyone at Ignite and the things there. But for for people in Europe who can't travel there, and even the, there were people attending, I think, from Africa, and um, I, I met a few people who come over from India, it's that little bit less uh, space to travel, while at the same time being able to bring people across um, from fresh from Ignite. So a lot of the, the Microsoft people, Jeff Teeple was there, Adam Harmitz, Omar Shaheen uh, on there, as well as uh, who we'll see in a sec, Caruana uh, Gatimi, um, who's there to to share that information, share that live knowledge, but also some of the probably lesser well-known names. Um, I, I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for saying people like Kathy Jew, who I think should be very well-known uh, and others there, but others from uh, Heather Cook's team are there. There's a lot of those kind of core product group people who come across and share that information with people. And it's fair to say, if I was going to summarize what was talked about, Copilot. Copilot came up in every single uh, session that was there, even if it was to say that this session isn't about Copilot, but uh, very few <laughs> didn't have it mentioned within there. And certainly a lot of the Microsoft ones were very focused uh, on that and the benefits it can bring uh, there. Certainly the keynote, I think every single section of that mentioned Copilot. So it's very much a hot topic, which is why it was lovely that um, a lot of people were happy to come and speak to us. Yeah. Um, you had a personal highlight as well with Jeff, didn't you? I, yeah, I thank you. I'd forgotten about that. Um, well, I, I had two, two highlights, I think, with Jeff. Uh, one was the opportunity to speak to him just after the, <coughs> excuse me, the keynote uh, and to pass along one of the fabulous Copilot Connection stickers we had that were called Be More Jeff uh, on there, making sure that people spell SharePoint with a capital P and Copilot with no hyphen. <clears throat> and a lowercase p uh, on there as well. Um, I did also have the opportunity to be introduced by Jeff uh, at the Afpoint Red Party, wearing a ridiculous Copilot Viva Goals outfit and blowing bubbles up there, which kind of made the floor a bit slippery. And when he came back up afterwards, uh, I did notice him slip. Uh, and I was just thinking, oh my gosh, if I in injure or, or worse, Jeff Teeper here, this could go down as a moment in infamy. So uh, thankfully that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, from there. Yeah, I could actually see the Viva Girls outfit on the door behind you as well, Kevin. <laughs> it is still there, yes, with with all the uh, fabulous Liverpool players on the back of that, because because you know Robbie Fowler is goals to me. <laughs> anyway, before before I uh, go on to too much topic, um, I think let's run that video. And I just realized I need to bring that up. So um, here we have first my video, and we've kept the same questions. Um, similar to the ones you had with uh, those who were at Ignite. We asked the same sort of questions here, so you will recognize some of these, but uh, here we go with the video. So here I'm at ESPC and I have Caruana with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I would. Hi, I'm Caruana Gatimu. I am the principal manager of the Microsoft 365 Customer Advocacy Group inside of Collaborative Apps and Platform. Fantastic. So, <laughs> I, I'm guessing this will be a loaded question, but what does co-pilot mean to you? Oh, that's a great... That, it is a, a very busy day job. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, yes, it's definitely made my day job very busy, but actually, I feel 
like it is a moment in time that I, I don't know if everyone is understanding the importance of in terms of generative, uh, generative AI actually entering into our day-to-day lives yeah. and how that's going to change the way that we interact with each other, with our computers, with the work we have to do, the productivity gains, the creativity it'll unleash. I, I'm really trying to uh, focus on the import of this moment um, yeah. so that other people do as well. Absolutely. And I loved uh, Donna's keynote yesterday when she talked about the fact that ChatGPT, in fact, a year ago today, was released. Exactly. And you think about that change in a year. You know, we yes. look back at these moments like this and we think, wow, that, that was quite a time to be around. And it's a privilege to get to be here for it, right? Mm. And to get to play a part in shaping its future. And I think yeah. everybody has a part in that. Yeah. Uh, and that we just need to remember that that's the case. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, it, obviously, it is a big change, as you've been saying there. What do you think the biggest transformation will be for people? Oh, I definitely think it's the the method in which we interact with and understand insights from the information around us. You know, I spend an awful lot of time looking for information on a particular topic. Um, I don't now as much <laughs> as I used to because I do have that benefit of using Copilot in my own environment. Uh, I'm able to apply it to my own productivity scenarios. I think that we've just barely scratched the surface of what that's going to mean to us as individuals yeah. and as professionals in this business. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm just interviewing um, Adam and saying that this change, everyone is learning, Microsoft's learning, clients are learning, people are learning from what's coming out as well. And it, it will be very different in six months as well. So. Absolutely. That's so true. You know, we're at the very beginning of this transformation. Mm. So I think the most important thing we can do is stay curious, mm. stay open-minded, uh, allow ourselves to not focus on the overwhelm or be motivated by fear, but instead be motivated by that curiosity about what's next and what we can create and do mm. uh, with this technology. Yeah, absolutely. So and in terms of that, what do you think is the most important thing for people to do to prepare for Copilot? Whichever one they're putting in, what should they be thinking about? Oh, I definitely think that they should think about the governance and hygiene of their Microsoft 365 experience, mm. uh, permissions management, uh, you so, know, yeah. governance, things of that nature. Of course, that's a near and dear topic to my heart. <laughs> I've been talking about that for more than a decade. Uh, now people have another reason to go back and listen to all my governance sessions. Uh, but I think that's important. I also think that it is very important to think about the people in your organization. Mm. Um, what we've done at adoption.microsoft.com, what Copilot is together resources that will help you empower people in your organization. Uh, many places have not built the muscle of adoption or peer learning or micro learning or any of these sorts of things. Now's the time. Yeah. You actually needed it for Microsoft 365 yeah, already. Exactly. And That's now, it. you know, whether it's now you've a, got another reason you have another, to, uh, whether it's, you know, there. new teams or loop or, yeah. you know, SharePoint capabilities that are coming along. There's a lot of innovation happening. And so you want to enable your organization to self-teach at their own pace and in the flow of work. Yeah, and I love what you talked about in the keynote yesterday where you're talking about this, whereas before it was training a lot more with this rapid adoption, it's coaching, it's yes. getting people hands-on with it and then guiding them towards Correct. that as well, which I, I really, that really resonated with me beautifully. Absolutely, let the product, let the product and the person's own needs guide their training plan. Yeah. And so things yeah. like Viva Learning are perfect for that, or M365 yeah. Learning Pathways, the two which also work together yeah. uh, so that you can build your 
own custom playlists for people's roles. I, I feel it's really important to allow people to learn in the way they want to. Yes. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by reading an article or watching a video. Some people yeah. need to ask their their colleague about it. Have someone help them along. Have yeah. someone help them. Yeah. Allow your organization to have the True. modes available. Um, and, and I think that that's something that we as professionals can also do. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and stop shaming people for not understanding software right at the beginning. <laughs> Nobody does. I'm no, sorry. No, Nobody exactly. does. There, I, I've yet. There's very few pieces of technology or software that I could just walk up and use without ever reading anything. Absolutely. And uh, I think a few people have felt that with Copilot is you can just type and do everything. And I, I know it took me a little while to adapt to it yes. to get a, a the habits, but b writing in the right way as well. Yes, so, uh, that's prompt engineering, right? Yeah, and we have a completely. fantastic handout about the ingredients of a prompt. Uh, and I think that the more comfortable you get with building those prompts, the the better yeah. off you'll be. And applying them to your own work scenarios. That's that's why Absolutely. folks can't necessarily teach you about this. You have to experience yeah. it. You need your own aha moment. Yeah. And, and I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I know people are kind of wanting to get hands-on with Copilot, but of course they can. They can use what was Bing Chat Enterprise, now Microsoft Copilot. Correct. And they, that's they correct. They can start trying these things right now. And, and that's and, what I recommend, actually. Yeah. Is that any organization that's trying to think about how to apply this in their organization get started right now today with yeah. Microsoft Copilot and their, Absolutely. you know, browser of choice. Uh, because uh, even before you log in with your uh, Enter ID, uh, you can begin to understand what this could mean for you. Yeah. Uh, and of course, there are control for that in the admin center as well uh, so that it's you know it's not a free-for-all people can can <laughs> can do that in a way that will make them comfortable in their organization yeah, which is important and, and just quickly you mentioned that prompt uh, handouts that that's on adoption.microsoft.com presumably that people yes it is right so they Fantastic. can look under uh, copilot for Microsoft 365 we have a microsite there that has all sorts of uh, information by role so you can get started there you can whether you're a leader or a business user there content for you and of course for adoption managers IT professionals and developers as well excellent so um, we're here at ESPC at the moment what's I guess what is it that you've learned whether it's kind of from hearing from the many great speakers or even from the attendees here and the customers that you have here yeah I think that people don't realize that when you work at Microsoft sometimes you don't have as much time <laughs> as you like to yeah. learn about other products and so I go to sessions here just like an attendee yeah. so that I can learn uh, especially from MVPs and partners out in the field, uh, that knowledge, that practical knowledge from people who are doing this every day with customers is invaluable to me as a Microsoft employee. So I really listen to what other people are saying, and I'm hearing a few things. I'm hearing uh, the pace of change is, is brutal, pretty intense right now, yeah. more so than usual. Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing additional concerns around you know, governance and compliance and uh, responsibilities and, and new regulatory issues that are coming up. Which is always what, a big thing in Europe. It is, it is, because yeah. I'm here in Europe and I expect that but what I'm what I'm not hearing which I find interesting is I'm not hearing a lot of the rhetoric around AI that I see in the yeah. news yeah. I'm not hearing that from people That's and I do think they maybe need to be just a little bit concerned yeah uh, thinking about it they should and, should think about it I mean when it comes to a bias being built into our systems um, yeah. I saw a, a meme this morning uh, actually another MVP put out a great video about about this and so I do I do think that we need to 
to be mindful in our transitions, but we don't need to be fearful. And I yeah. gl- was glad to not hear that here. Mindful, not fearful. I like that. Thank That's, you. Uh, yes. <laughs> I feel a new sticker coming. Yes, along exactly. <laughs> mindful, <laughs> not fearful. It's important because it's a co-pilot. Yeah. You know, and I think that people need to trust themselves. I believe in the human race. Maybe yeah. that's my failing, but I do. <laughs> I believe in the human race, and I believe in our ability to use technology for good. I realize there are bad actors in the world, yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for the people who deal with them. Um, but I am on the other side of that, and I am dealing with the people who are trying to help others. And there's so very many of us, so very many people who want to help others with the technology at our fingertips. Yeah. And I don't know that we always get the um, attention <laughs> that we deserve, right? We do yeah. tend to focus on the negative, uh, you know, as a people and through the media. But, but really what people are doing in most industries that I encounter are trying to move forward, help yeah. others grow, be economically viable, create opportunity for people, really literally help people achieve more. Absolutely. And so I, I get very inspired by that because it's not a slogan. It is people's lives and it yeah. matters. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely get inspired by that when I'm here with this many customers do, who are doing exactly that. Nice. So, uh, last question, and, and obviously being at Microsoft, you'll see some early access, but what is it that you'd like to see next happening with co-pilots? I am excited for the co-pilots that are coming to admin experiences, because mm. you, when you think about what we've heard about so far, the most, it's yeah. really the business user, right? It's it, co-pilot in Word, in PowerPoint, yeah. in Excel, in Teams, and what have you. Those are all business user uh, features, yeah. uh, facing features. I'm excited for co-pilot in the admin center. I'm excited for security nice. co-pilot. I'm excited for the announcements that we've made around a co-pilot in Azure, mm. right? Because those are things that will directly affect us as professionals and we're on the surface areas where we spend a lot of our time. And, you know, I know that many people are very, very busy, um, but I have a special place in my heart for the overworked IT admin. <laughs> Absolutely. Because uh, I've been that person. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's just so much to do. And there's there's a lot involved, especially at an enterprise level. Once you get past 1,000 people, there's a lot to manage in an M365 tenant. And if you're past 50,000, it's a team's worth of work. Completely. So anything that will help drive productivity for those people in particular. And then secondly, for developers. Uh, I feel like... Like those to the extensibility model, I'm really excited about. I was just talking to someone this morning about the fact that I need to sit down and build something so yeah. that I can learn more of it. I've read a lot. I need to do it because that's yeah. how I learn. That's the reality. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to do it. And so um, I went to sessions on that here. Um, some people don't don't know I'm a business solution architect. They, you know, but I yeah I do actually do yeah. that work and I enjoy it. Um, it. For me, that's the fun part. Yeah. When I have the time to focus and think and do that, so that, those are the things I'm really excited about because I feel like it'll help the professionals who are helping others. Anything that you can, you know, it's like a, it's like a, putting on your air mask first or helping the <laughs> caregiver, right? Yeah. If you can help the people who are helping the masses, you know, really be uh, effective and productive, then yeah. then you're doing something, and that's that's why I get up in the morning. So well, I, I personally am now looking forward to the adoption co-pilot coming out from that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see I know. That I'm thinking about what does that what does that look like? <laughs> uh, like exactly. No, thank you very much for your time. I hope you have a great time. Uh, the rest of your time here in Amsterdam and uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So that was really interesting to see from Caruana and hopefully the editing has hidden the fact that I started speaking on mute there and uh, carried on. But uh, 
I, I know it wasn't massively easy for you to hear, Zoe. So uh, I'm, I'm going to pick out a, a few things that were that were interesting. I, I think that I, I loved where Caruana started about that moment in time that we're in at the moment, and and it, it's quite likely we won't really realise the importance of that until we. Uh, look back at this in the future. We'll look back at this point in time. Uh, we, we kind of realised that it was a year ago. I think from Don Osaka said in the in the keynote, it was a year ago that day that ChatGPT came out, and and that blew my mind slightly. How much has changed in that time? Yeah, it's. I mean, the 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 rate of change, like like Haravana said, it's just been brutal, hasn't it? I think um, for for mm. us as technologists who work in this industry. Um, we've been on a wild ride. So goodness only knows yeah. how people inside organisations feel when they're having to uh, adapt to all of these things. And it, it does it does feel like the the last few months have been a the start of a real inflection point in in how we work and and what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think with that, it's it's the conversations we're having with other people um that have come into this that maybe aren't in the same tech sphere as us uh that are having that chat as well and and i loved what um carana she said there and also in her keynote she gave about this rapid adoption and the kind of focus on coaching over teaching let the product guide their own training plan the way we get these these things to people is changing as well and we've got to embrace that yeah, I think I think that's really important, and that mirrors what we've seen in our our internal rollout at Avenard and and some of the work we're doing with clients as well. Where this isn't about training, this is this is about mm -hmm. helping people build their own co-pilot muscle and and really think about how they bring these new capabilities into their working habits and working practices. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're running out a little bit, actually, uh, but one, one last comment. She made the, the last one around what she wanted to see next around those admin experiences being changed by Copilot. Obviously, I, I think Microsoft rightly is trying to get to as many people as possible. So it's that end user is that initial focus. But as we see more and more of this come through, uh, I know there was some deep dives into the um, M365 admin co-pilot, uh, which I'm sure has a very different name in reality um, with there. But that that kind of ability to accelerate all those point roles um, within an organization as well and bringing that same large language model power to it um, will really be interesting. And I, I, her view that next year will be a big focus on that, I think it's absolutely true as well. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I'm definitely going to get that sticker of uh, mindful of our transmissions, not fearful uh, on there. I thought that was a lovely one. So uh, yeah, I, 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 just just before before that, I, I did love the stickers on the microphones, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was particularly pleased at that idea on there uh, and, and kept meaning kept kind of twisting a few people before we started to make sure they showed on there as well. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Next video. Okay. I was going to say, not much time, so we're going to play this video and then kind of roll into the end a little bit. But this was a fascinating chat. Uh, it was great being at the conference. I didn't really plan too many of these uh, interviews. I just rolled around trying to see who I knew and who I could chat to and who I got talking to. And Richard Harbridge, been an MVP for a long time. Uh, I didn't know that well. I kind of knew his reputation on that, but really love this chat. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, roll, Richard. 
So, hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'd be happy to. My name is Richard Harbridge. I'm a Microsoft MVP, and uh, when I'm not doing Copilot stuff, I'm doing Viva and Power Platform work with uh, customers. This things other than Copilot? Wow. Well, they're they're all they have a uh, Copilot for Viva, <laughs> Copilot for so really not. Not really, yeah, it's all Copilot. Everything's Copilot. Now. Absolutely. So, I, I guess first question then, what does Copilot mean to you? You know, I think at the end of the day, uh, it's encapsulating what, what features, what scenarios can I accomplish in a post-generative AI era. And so, you know, analytics and automation have helped us for years, and now we just have a very different way of working um, with those tools that's, you know, represented by what we call co-pilots, agents that we work with uh, that help us do more with less. And, and I'm sorry, I'm going to ask about that. A post-generative AI, you mean sort of after generative AI has become, you're not saying we've moved beyond that yet? No, I, no, I think okay, we're good. still in the in the middle of that transition. And, and I'm still keeping up with generative AI, so I'm hoping there's not something more yet. I think, you know, uh, the, the good news is we, we predicted uh, generative AI, right? We knew it was coming. We just thought, you know, and when I say we, the industry, we thought it would be like in 2050, 2060, it was a ways away. It came much sooner. And then because it came much sooner and the way in which it came sooner, the ways we learned about scale and how scale can dynamically change things and now we're dealing maybe with inference engines with the same consequences we're learning that hey there's a um you know, it's unleashed a lot of potential um, in a lot of AI scenarios. So it didn't just accelerate generative AI scenarios, it accelerated a lot of other AI scenarios based on the learning from it. So yeah, yeah we're in that transition state and then someday we'll be in that, you know, post AI era. I'm not sure what that will look like. I don't think anyone knows, but uh, but yeah, that's where we're at. And so what, what do you think the biggest transformation will be to people themselves? You know, I think what I see AI representing today uh, is that it provides access to skills and expertise um, that people don't have, right? So, you know, some people, like uh, myself, I'm pretty good with a PowerPoint presentation. Other people, they can make PowerPoint presentations as good as I can using Copilot for Microsoft 365. And so it gives people access to skills they didn't have. Now, some of those skills are, you know, going to be disruptive. People being able to edit videos or being able to do, like, create images. Those are things that used to be skills that you know, we put a value on and those are now going to be adjusted. But I think generally it's access to skills. The second pattern, and I think it's important, is that it doesn't just give us access to skills, but allows for hyper-personalization. So the idea is, you know, I have my co-pilot, you have your co-pilot, mm -hmm. and then we have co-pilots together, right? So if we're taking co-pilot for Microsoft 365, I might use it in a meeting context in really unique ways for me, um, as I've learned, and then you're going to use it in your own unique ways, which allows us both to amplify our impact and then you know the whole meeting will have like meeting notes and extracts and we'll have a co-pilot agent we all use together in a more transparent way and that uh, is a really interesting model where you know it's not just like one facet there's like this multifaceted layering of uh, how our agents can help us right uh, with these Absolutely. skills and access to knowledge no I, I love that personalization and I, I should say the here at ESPC and uh, Jeff Teeper and others have been saying again and again and again it's not learning from your data Yes. But because it's grounded on new information, that's how you're getting that personal information out from there with the M365 side. So, yeah. um, so what's thinking about heads and uh, before people get moving? What, what's the most important thing to do to prep for co-pilots? 
You know, I know that a lot of people, there's sort of like the, the typical answer is you should prepare your, your security, you should make sure your content isn't overshared, you should, you know, get rid of redundant versions, you know, you should enable it by migrating into the cloud or connecting so that the data is, you know, accessible to Copilot. Um, you know, you should have champion programs, you should, you know, have uh, adoption patterns that work really well for that. I, I think, you know, one of the, the challenges I find for a lot of organizations is that, um, they haven't really thought about the impact low code has. I'm just going to use that as an example. So when, when you use low code and you talk about it at a strategic level, you're talking about what we call like lowercase p processes, right? Mm -hmm. So you have like the capital P processes are in ERP systems, CRM systems, you know, employee experience systems, and the big vendors are always improving those with AI and all sorts of things. And we're all going to get those benefits and the whole industry kind of gets uplifted. But it's the lowercase p processes that differentiate an organization from being more competitive than another. And a lot of those processes, you know, when we talk about Power Automate or we talk about, you know, SharePoint or, you know, even Viva experiences, a lot of it is about, like, how do we, you know, make that part of our organization a little bit more resilient, a little bit more agile, a little bit more successful. And I find that while we can talk about all those other things at a leadership level, if there's not this um, understanding that the lowercase p processes matter just as much, arguably more, for competitive differentiation than the capital P processes, then Copilot's harder sell because then they're only going to want the Copilot or AI experiences that are in, you know, those capital P systems. And if you do that, you're way behind the game because by the time you roll out, you know, for all your users and, you know, everyone should have a mandate, like, everyone should have access to AI. It's a competitive advantage internally in your career role, too. Everyone should have access to it. What type of AI, you know, Copilot for Microsoft 365, that's going to be more targeted versus like Copilot, which was Bing Chat for Enterprise, yeah. that could be for everyone, right? And in this office, your open AI services, building custom code exactly. for particular ones as well. No, so absolutely. I think like the, there's a lot of emphasis right now in these pilots and previews where we say, oh, can you show me the metrics? Like, how, how is this going to drive this bottom line? And we're like, well, it's productivity, it's quality, it's these types of things. And those are aligned with like employee effort scoring, mm -hmm. you know, which would be like the equivalent of customer effort scoring. It's a predictive indicator. It creates potential, but it's not, um, it's not like we're just reducing costs because then you run into you know I'll be frank uh, I've had complex discussions where they're like hey if we can be that much more productive maybe we can reduce our staff count and make more money and be more <laughs> profitable I'm like you could or or you can keep those people because now they have more time and power capability and then you can use AI to do things you're not doing today be yeah. way more competitive and yeah, way more capable and that's you know the best opportunity is we keep the humans in the middle and we're you know accelerating them yeah yeah absolutely. I, I just want to come back to something you were talking about low code there I love Donna Sarker in her keynotes at the South Coast Summit was talking to the power platform people and saying you have all been through this you've gone through this transformation you are the perfect people to get involved so it was good to hear you bring that up as well absolutely so we're, we're here at espc is, is there anything you've seen while you've been here around co-pilots made you want to kind of learn a bit more or uh, have a look at the sort of deeper de dive into it you know i think um Copilot's one of those things you learn with others, right? Well, none of us, you know, look, we've done whatever, 100 plus Copilot implementations now. We don't know what we don't know what the right way to do it is. Like there's no playbook or best practice yet because it's too new and it's changing too rapidly. And so I think a lot of the conversations I've had here have been really fun because it's been like, how do you individually use it? Or, you know, how did your team, you know, it's the, the micro scenarios like of their usage and you learn like tactics that you never used yourself. Like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, the other day we were having a conversation about it and I was like, oh, you know, I use it for image work, right? And things like that. But they were actually using it to take existing 
building images, like from you know content articles, etc. And then they rebuild those images and new things, and then refresh existing articles and things like that. So like from an internet communications perspective, you know it allows them to kind of refresh older content for a new scheme. Now all these images have like a common color scheme, layout, whatever. Mm -hmm. And now there's this nice cohesive brand, and it makes it easier for moving forward because people can just reflect back. And you know now anytime we create new images, we can use that same tactic. So it's it's little, but like those um, stories and narratives, they stack up and then they eventually become, you know, those playbooks you, when you're working the next time with a customer or working internally, you're like, okay, here's a, here's a something that might resonate with you, a thing we can do, a uh, use case, a pattern. And I, I think those, right now, the best find, way to find those is events like this. It's, you know, connecting with people for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, what is it you'd like to see next? And, and this is a very open-ended question. We've had some very interesting answers to this one. So, uh, You know, I think uh, I'll be appreciative. I think Microsoft's moving quite quickly. I actually uh, will give strong compliment uh, to them. I think, you know, it's hard. It's really hard problem to have the right responsible AI pattern, compliance, governance, all these things, and roll out something like a Copilot. Um, so I'm not asking them to move faster. But I, I do think um, we need more flexibility in key approaches like licensing and things like that. Mm -hmm. And and it's easy for me to say that. Uh, I, I obviously have some insight into like why the 300 minimum and stuff is happening. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think um, it's, it's not even about that. I think I have customers now who have 200 some odd seats and they're buying 300 seats to use Copilot. Yeah. So I think that there's... It's a, it's a. It's a. Sorry, they've only got two hundred people. Two hundred some odd people, but they'll buy. So they're literally buying three hundred seats with all the licensing impact yeah, yeah, because they see the the productivity gains and the quality yeah. gains and the impact Copilot yeah. can have, and they they know that they can true down or whatever. They'll adjust when Microsoft uh, comes to market with other yeah. options, but I, I would like to see that move a little bit quicker. Um, just yeah. a little bit more flexibility. I'm sure everyone would like that, but yeah. um, I think that's my biggest. You know, as soon as possible, let's figure out some pathway, uh, even if it's like, look, it's more expensive at this lower threshold, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're joining the long queue of people here <laughs> at this conference who've been asking that question. Yeah, already, give it to me now, so, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Well, thank you very much for that. That was fantastic. A pleasure. Cheers. So yeah, a uh, fascinating chat with Richard. Uh, I hope you all appreciated me wearing my Christmas jumper in that one as well. Uh, it was part of the, the uh, ESPC ugly sweater day. So I uh, managed to get about it's about eight or nine people in the end wearing ugly sweaters and got a photo. All the important uh, things from that. Yeah, and I noticed from some of the pictures that were on social, we had a couple of people in those little different versions of the little Christmas jumpers. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> some some truly awful jumpers, which is was great. And congratulations to Yao Ferreira for winning, basically because he had the most irritating jumper with lots of jingly bells that played a really teeny digital <laughs> noise as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's nice. These conferences, we can have fun as well as the, the serious discussion as well. Yeah, so, so I really love that video for Richard. I know you got loads more interviews while you were there, Kevin. So on the next episode, uh, we'll feature some more of the, the interviews from ESPC. Who have we got for people to look forward to? Um, so we have some fantastic ones. We've got Heather Cook um, coming up, a lovely chat with Carolina Ketukari. I'm um, also going to get a little bit dev-focused. So uh, I had Gary Trinder, uh, my, my uh, podcast co-host in my other podcast world on there, talking about extending there. Anoop Tati with his experiences of as European AI and bringing those together. Uh, and then 
possibly a name that not many of you have heard about, but uh, Gabriel Ho, who's a marketing manager for Copilot, uh, managed to pin down him for a bit of a chat on there as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, some great ones. Uh, a lovely one, and I hope Adam's not listening because I haven't told him yet, but uh, a fantastic interview with Adam Harmitz that if any of you are good at lip reading will just be fantastic. If you're not, uh, unfortunately, the hardware and the tiredness of the last day um, it hit slightly and it looks like the sound didn't record on that. So we're looking and see what we can do. Or maybe even Adam, if you are listening, we would love to get you uh, in for a full interview on the show anyway. Yeah, I think I think we should try and get Adam anyway, because that was one I was really looking forward to. Um, but for everyone else, we'll get another episode recorded as quickly as possible so that you can hear um, all of those interviews whilst they're still hot off the press from ESPC. Absolutely. And as we get to wrap up, just a reminder for people, we do have the custom co-pilot connection um, challenge going on, trying to ask you to go in and find out a way with the power of generative AI, large language models, all these good things. How can you digest all the amazing announcements that came out of Ignite? Uh, and we do have some Lego available for that. Uh, I think we've seen Paul Bullock has put a couple of things out. Uh, I need to pin him down and get some more details on those. But if other people are doing it, please let us know. And we'd love to share on that. Uh, and I have my new Azure credit uh, renewal, so I can actually crack on with my own uh, uh, entrance for that as well. Brilliant. Well, we hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks very much for listening. Yeah, and please subscribe. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, X. Uh, subscribe to, to us on YouTube. Tell your colleagues, tell your clients, tell your friends, even tell your parents as everyone's intrigued by this world of co-pilots happening. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thank you from the Copilot Connection. See you soon. Bye.